the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, friends. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. You know, one of the things that uh, especially is close to the heart of myself and to Aubrey is that we each and our families have have teenage kids. And Mm -hmm. we know that there's a lot going on with teenagers' mental health right now. Uh, and all sorts of issues. And so to further that conversation, we are thrilled to be joined by a counselor at Focus on the Family. She's also the co-founder and creator of Focus on the Family's Alive to Thrive program. Her name is Dr. Joni DeBrito. Joni, how are you doing today? Great. Glad to be with you this morning. Yeah, we are so thrilled to have you with us. Let's talk about the program first, and then we'll dive more into kind of what you are seeing in Mm -hmm. teenagers right now. Tell us about uh, the Alive to Thrive program. Sure. So Alive to Thrive was created for parents and teachers and coaches and pastors and other people who interact with kids on a regular basis to help them learn about prevention of suicide. But it's actually much more than just prevention of suicide. So we start literally by talking at, uh, you know, the early years about the importance of attachment and bonding and self-care and all the kinds of things that parents can do to help their children have good mental health And then we talk about different cultural issues that are going on that might impact a child's or a teen's mental health. And we actually go through a number of the mental health uh, disorders that are most typical in teenage years, eating disorders, substance use, depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, those kinds of things, and how to uh, recognize them, first of all, and how to get the help that you need for your child. And then it's not until we get to the last out of six modules that we actually actually talk about suicide. And um, if you uh, suspect that your child is uh, having some suicidal thoughts, how to deal with that, or if your family has been affected by suicide, mm-hmm. how to cope, how to get help, etc. So it's a very, um, very thorough look at mental health from the perspective of a, an adult and how do you help a child that's in your life. Oh, it's so fantastic. I don't want to miss this. Uh, where can our listener, we'll ask you this again, but alive to thrive.com is where our listeners can access some of the resources that you have. Is that correct? That's correct. Alive to thrive.com. And if they get there, then they're going to click on the free training button and it will take them to the different modules and they can just go through those. It's all free, obviously, online. And the other thing in terms of the topic we're talking about today is that they're, they can also click on get help now and that will give them mm-hmm. a number of different uh, numbers they can call if they have a teen or a child that's in trouble. But there's also an uh, ebook there called Help My Teen is Self-Injuring. Mm. So that's helpful for that topic of self-harm that we're going to be talking a little bit more about. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about self-harm. How, you know, I guess thinking of our parents, grandparents, or any of our listeners that work with teenagers, what are some of the signs? How do we recognize a teenager who is self-harming? 
Well, it can be hard to recognize, but I can tell you, first of all, just some statistics. It's about 17% of teens that admit to self-harming. So the number is probably higher because those are just the ones who admit. And it's about 65% girls and about 35% boys and about 15% of college students and about 5% of adults. Now, um, co-occurring with self-harm is eating disorders, substance use disorders, depression, and anxiety. And so if you have a child that's struggling with any of those, it doesn't necessarily mean that that your child is also participating in self-harm, but there's a good chance that it might be going on. The other kinds of things that you want to watch for are if they have friends or family members who self-injure. That's that contagion effect where kids learn, unfortunately, some negative behaviors from their friends from time to time. If they've had really uh, stressful life situations, traumatic events, death, divorce, things happen in their lives. And then, you know, COVID threw kids in a situation where they, Mm -hmm. uh, in many cases, had to be more isolated from their peers than normal. And so what do you think those kids were doing when they were isolated at home? What do you think they were doing Mm -hmm. to spend most of their time? Yeah. So... It's so- the answer is they're on social media. Exactly. Right. And That's social right. media is highly correlated, has been shown by re- research to be highly correlated with many mental health issues and the decline in mental health because there's cyberbullying that goes on mm-hmm. in social media. There's that comparison factor. Gosh, I don't measure up to my friends. And so kids get depressed. My friends have been asked to all these events and I haven't. Um, I um, I get my friends get a lot of likes and I don't get anybody. Nobody mm-hmm. pays attention to my posts, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a fertile ground for kids to become discouraged and anxious and depressed and so forth. And if you have a teenager that's isolating a lot, that could be an indication that there might be some self harm going on, isolating more than normal, or maybe spending a lot of time in the bathroom that you can't explain for you know what we use the bathroom bathroom for or for grooming habits or, you know, putting makeup on or what have you. You just notice they're spending a lot of time in a bathroom. It may be that they're self-harming there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that is kind of a telltale sign is if kids are dressed inappropriate for the weather. So I know Chicago is a place that can get pretty hot and <laughs> yes, humid in yes. the summer. And if it's 95 degrees and 85% humidity and your child is always walking around with a long sleeve hoodie, mm-hmm. that might be an indication that maybe they're trying to cover something up. Oh, that's a, that's such good words right there. Joni, uh, let's stay on social media a little bit. What do you tell parents or what would you suggest to parents? How should they treat their kids' social media? Is it uh, limited? Is it just know what's going on? What's some words of wisdom to parents of teenagers? I'd say limits and boundaries for sure. There's nothing wrong with kids connecting. Sometimes the connections that they have on social media are very positive, and it allows them, for instance, it was a lifeline for many kids during COVID, not necessarily a negative thing, the fact that that was the only way that they could uh, be in contact with their peers. Mm -hmm. So there are good things about social media, but just like anything else, we have to monitor, number one, what's going on. And as a parent, I just want to say to every parent out there, yes, you 
do have a right to monitor what's mm-hmm. going on in your mm-hmm. teen's life. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's a teenager, you know, they should have all of this freedom. And of course, we give kids increasing amounts of freedom as they get older, but they still need to be living within some reasonable limits and boundaries. So the general rule is usually no more than two hours of non-academic screen time per day. I mean, there are kids who are on uh, social media every waking hour, not just, and I shouldn't say, when I say waking hour, I'm not just talking about the daylight hours, but a lot of kids, their phones are on all night long, Mm -hmm. and so they're not sleeping. They're not getting good sleep and so forth. And so I would say one limit would be the cell phones are put in a drawer or put in the parent's bedroom or somewhere at night. They're just not accessible at night at all because they need to be getting that rest. But then also, you know, paying attention to what your kids are are looking at and the kinds of conversations that are going on online um, and, you know, offering that wise counsel if it appears that they're getting into some conversations that aren't healthy for them. Mm -hmm. Such a good reminder, I think, to parents, like, because sometimes I think we can get lazy in that just to remind us to take this seriously and take some of those Mm -hmm. steps. Mm -hmm. Where can our uh, readers, uh, excuse me, where can our listeners find out more about the work that you're doing at Alive to Thrive? You know, um, again, they can go to alivetothrive.com. And the other thing that I would mention that's a great resource at Focus on the Family, if parents or others are concerned or even if teens or college uh, college students are struggling with self-harm, we have a full counseling department that has people who, you know, have the education in counseling but also are licensed mental health professionals and adhere to an evangelical statement of faith. Mm. And they are available if you call uh, the number that I'm going to give you. You can request to talk to a counselor, and the counselor will call you back within uh, 24 to 48 hours, and it's completely free. Mm. We don't call it counseling because you're not actually entering into that counseling relationship, but these are very experienced people who have great information and can offer what we call a consultation. So that number is 855 Seven seven one four three five seven, which is seven seven one help, mm. and it's available Monday through Friday, seven a.m. to nine p.m. in the Central uh, Time Zone. Oh, thank you for that, Joni. Hopefully, people take advantage of that. Again, Dr. Joni DeBrito is a counselor at Focus on the Family, and also the co-founder and creator of Focus's Alive to Thrive program. Uh, Joni, this has been really helpful. Yes, so Hopefully, helpful. Uh, people who really needed to hear it were able to hear it. Thanks for spending some time with us today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. You're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.